Welcome. This is the She's Capable podcast with Christelle, Shelby, and Ashley. We want to champion you, have real discussions on real issues, and have fun. We want you to thrive spiritually, emotionally, and in your practical life. Hey there, welcome to today's podcast. I'm here with Christelle Baldovinos, my friend. And this is a three-part just chat on you getting to know us, the chicks behind She's Capable. Mm -hmm. And today I'm chatting with Christelle and we're just going to get to know her more and get to know her story and just things that shaped her and made her who she is today. Uh, We think it's really important that you get to know us because as you read up on us on social media, on our website, Facebook, get to know us more, um, you're going to really hear more of our heartbeat and why um, we're doing this and what has impacted our lives and more of our passion and our story Mm because that is just something that gets woven into everything every aspect of our life. So today we're chatting, yeah, like I said with Christelle. Um, Christelle and I, we met, um, yeah, about four years ago, and I was actually telling her about my first impression of her. And well, it's a good impression. Yes. like funny. So me and my husband, who we were dating at the time, we were sitting with Christelle and Antonio and just getting to know them, getting some wisdom and advice from them on our dating journey. And I remember sitting there and being like, dang, she is such a babe. Like this woman has had like so many children and she looks amazing and she's fit. She had this Fitbit on, like her workout gear and like I think an Under Armour shirt. I was like, she is so cool. This is not like, how I, I where I'm at know. right now. So this is good to hear. <laughs> I want to know this lady. And, and um, she was, yeah, just like such a, a force and a presence and her and Antonio are very different from one another they're very much like fire and ice like combination but Christelle has such a presence and she's such a safe place and I just remember her um just at that table even like bringing strength and she's she was direct in a very nurturing and loving way and yeah (laughs) and just asking us like intentional questions but as I've gotten to know Christelle more I have um just seen that even more that she is really intentional and the way she moves and empathy is amazing and how she can really see people and see um who they are and and really help them become better and be transformed I think that's a passion of your life is just Absolutely. to see people transformed and see hearts transformed and her and her husband yeah they're just amazing and we are so happy to just be around them and they do life well they do family well and um, well, I know you love this I know you love this <laughs> but they're real and that's fun like they're, well, they're real yeah that's very kind all of the behind you. the scenes I think good I think, yeah, you, you attempt to do it well. You were reaching to do it well. How's that? <laughs> I guess. But you don't failure. quit. And that's something that Very I true. love about Christelle. And I remember when uh, we started getting to know each other more and we were going for walks and having a chat with her. And she said, you know, we don't always hit the mark and we don't always do it even perfectly or, you know, even close to that. That's not the point. We don't quit. 
and and we're gonna fight and we're gonna fight for one another and we're gonna Absolutely. love hard and that's something that you really demonstrate so awesome. yeah we're gonna get to know you yeah. do you want to just chat more about sure. you um, what made you you what shaped you yeah it's hard so I'm I'm 41 so now being <laughs> at the age that I'm at um I'm not old to some, but I'm not young to some. So it's kind of that sweet middle spot in life where it's like you've learned some things, but you're also more aware of what there is to learn that you don't know. So, you know, when you're young, it just seems like you know everything. Like you kind of act like, like, well, I just know everything. I got it together. Yeah, and it's like the older I get, it's like the more I know, but the less I feel like I know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But There's I have more, more humility. experiences. Yeah, yeah, probably. And a lot more awareness of your lack mm-hmm. and your shortcomings and, you know, the grace of God to fill those spaces. Um, but, yeah, so just a little bit um, about me. Um I grew up in a ministry family home, so that's something that me, Shelby, and Ashley actually all have in common yeah. is uh, parents that were in full-time ministry, which is unique in itself because it's a crazy oh, way yeah. to grow up, really. Yes. But you don't know that. It's crazy and awesome, and you get exposed to you know, a lot more things. Um, a lot of people assume that it's like the perfect you know, family dynamic or whatever, and yeah. um, it's... Everything has its challenges, but I I feel extremely blessed to grow up in the home that I grew up in, um, just because it shaped who I am today. And um, I grew up with first my parents being pastors, and uh, my Mm -hmm. parents got married quite young and had me quite young. Mm -hmm. So I had young parents, and you know, just watching them, you know, do their thing and just go sold out for Jesus right from a very young age. I remember five years old, we were living in Colorado Springs at the time. And I was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I remember them uh, moving to Colorado for some business things that they were Mm -hmm. doing. Um, And my mom and dad were like, nope, God's calling us to ministry. We're supposed to do ministry. We had this nice house in Colorado Springs living, you know, right near Pikes Peak. I remember it because I was so little, but I had this imprint in my mind of just being right in the mountains and loving it there. And they sat me down, and my sister was very young, who wouldn't have remembered this at that time, but I remember them saying, we're moving. Hmm. And they sold their house. Um, used a good chunk of the profits of that house um, along with another friend of theirs that they actually went into ministry together. And they put the money to buy this really old movie theater in inner city Minneapolis. Hmm. And inner city Minneapolis is pretty rough, like a you know, rough spot. Um, and so they bought this old movie theater. It was like the 70s looking building in a strip mall. And it had like green curtains and you know, these just hideous carpet and they started a church and my dad heard, you know, my dad heard the Lord say, I want you to start a church. So Mm -hmm. he felt like this is what I'm doing. And they're very all in parents. Mm -hmm. So having parents that demonstrated being all in and fully obedient to Jesus and not like, you know, their, their pursuit in life was to make a mark for Jesus. It wasn't to make a mark Mm -hmm. as far as like certain amount of income or certain amount of status Mm -hmm. or whatever. So, um, that was always important to me, and monetary things were never super important to me, probably because it wasn't, you know, modeled for me. I yeah, don't know. I mean, yeah. obviously, I love nice things, but right. it was never what success was for me. Yeah, and well, they so, laid it down too. Yeah, they really did. They really yeah. did, and so they bought this movie theater. I remember how it all went down. It wasn't a denomination, anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was non denominational thing, so they didn't have the support of a, you know, church denomination, and mm-hmm. so. Um, 
pretty much it went something like this. They didn't have any members, so they did a concert on a Saturday night. Hmm. My dad preached the gospel. Something like 250, 300 people got saved on that Saturday Whoa. night, and those were the members of church the following Sunday. Come on. And so we had all these new converts in this church, and I grew up like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was 15 years-ish, I think, something like that. But um, just grew up in my main childhood and teenage, you know, early, early teenage years um, in this rough area of town with a lot of new converts getting discipled. You know, we had crazy things happen, like homeless guy living above our building, a naked guy, a drunk guy in our minivan after church on Sunday. You know, uh, someone's, I think my purse got stolen like three times, you know, people just, a guy went up and punched my dad and, you know, swung at my dad while he was preaching right off the street, you know. Yeah, so I grew up around that inner city, even though I was a suburbia girl, that's where we lived. Um, I was at this inner city church pretty much day and night because it was my parents' startup, right? So Mm -hmm. we were there all the time. So we just set up a little clubhouse in the basement of this building. Mm -hmm. And I just watched my parents really go for it and what they felt God was calling them to do. So that was really marking for me. And, you know, during that season, the Brownsville revival, I won't go into that, but that was 1995-ish. I think that that started Father's Day of 1995. Mm -hmm. That really marked my family as well because my parents took um, their staff and a bunch of people down to the Brownsville revival. And I was a part of a lot of little mini revivals that were offshoots of that for a long time. And even before that, my parents got saved in the Jesus People movement. So the the revival type of feel in my life was Mm -hmm. always around. It Mm -hmm. sometimes looked different, Mm -hmm. um, but I got to experience God. I guess my point with that is I've experienced him, Mm -hmm. you know, many, many times. Like Mm -hmm. I've experienced his presence. I've experienced his touch. I've heard his voice and from a really young age, but I would say um, probably the first time that I ever knew God was really real would have mm-hmm. been around four years old, and I actually remember giving my life to the Lord. Wow. At four years At old? At four years old, okay. yeah. I remember, I don't remember what my mom said, but I remember her talking to me about it, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this, and what I remember is kneeling on the floor and praying a prayer with her and mm-hmm. looking up, and everything looked different to me. Everything yeah. seemed different. Things were brighter, and I just remember being happy. And mm-hmm. like, this is something that I did. And I, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues around the same time frame in Sunday school. Actually, I was speaking in tongues and would sing in tongues. And yes, um, so you know, like the, it wasn't ever weird. To it you wasn't because mm-mm. you encountered it at such a young age. So yeah. it just got integrated into your life. Yeah, like such my age. spirit being real was so I was so aware of. You know, it wasn't wow. just like yeah. my physical. So I really have a lot of things that are gifts that mm-hmm. have been, you know, even being in full-time ministry mm-hmm. now. My husband mm-hmm. and I have been in for, it'll be 20 years coming up September. Um, you know, a lot of people really struggle with mm-hmm. some of those things. Like, yeah. is God real? Or I can't hear his voice? Or, you know, are yeah. the gifts of the Spirit Doubting. real? And, yeah. yeah, for me, I'm just like, they're like part of my DNA. It's like, yeah, I this I know it's really I sometimes I'm like yeah. I had to study the theology behind it so I could explain to people yes. why this is real yeah but you know sometimes I'm just like just trust me on this one I'm not trying to debate with you why this is real I'm not giving yeah. you a Calvinism versus Almenism viewpoint you know I'm just trying to tell you how God's done in my life yeah yeah um yeah well it was a part of your life at such a young age so Absolutely. it's like you can't separate life with Jesus totally without that like gifts praying in tongues mm-hmm. experiencing him because that's just been your walk with the it's Lord. my walk with the Lord and it's how I know him and 
Yeah. That's why, I mean, I'll talk in the future about, you know, child rearing and things that I'm really passionate about when it comes to kids because, yeah, yeah you just, even though you have rough patches and sometimes you get distant from the Lord and you can even walk away from him, yeah, it's like in my life, no matter what, I've always known he's real. Like no one can ever mm-hmm. talk me out of that. And even mm-hmm. hard, hard things, I think having that foundation in my life, yes, it's like, I mean, we've talked about this before. Yeah. It's like, man, I... There, there's nowhere else to go but him, yeah. right? So there's no other run. option. <laughs> yeah, you can try running, but I always knew, like, I can run, but I'm running from him. Yeah. Like, you know, you know yeah. you're running from him. You're like, he's real. He's There's nowhere to go but him. Why even bother being mad at yeah. God? You know, yeah. why even bother doing this whole yeah. thing when it's just like, hey, God, I don't understand, but I know you're real because yeah. I have this history with you. So. Yeah, just such faith. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's just a little bit of my childhood. Um, I had later lots of revelations of the Lord. Um, I think our walk with God is in layers. I mean, the Bible mm-hmm. talks about being saved, right? Mm-hmm. It's a transformation of being saved. Yeah. Like, you give your life to the Lord as a decision, but that's just the beginning, yeah. right, of salvation, which is just like a constant regeneration. Uh, absolutely. So I'm in the thick of it yeah. right now and process consistently and yeah. just being a disciple you're walking yeah. with him you're following him mm-hmm. but you're also renewing your mind and it's the daily practice of walking with the lord of becoming aware yeah, of his presence and the mundane yeah. you know mom life and raising yeah. kids and well one of my favorite quotes is john bevere he says um, physical maturity comes through time but spiritual maturity comes through obedience mm-hmm. and i've always thought of that i heard that That's some so years powerful. ago and i'm like man being obedient to the Lord is so important. It's not just like him being this big bad dad wanting to give us a spanking like obey me. He's like, do this and you will grow. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to show you the way to walk. I'm going to show you the way to live. And so Mm -hmm. that's always been a big passion of mine. Like I want to know God, but I want to also live well. Mm -hmm. And I've made lots of mistakes, but when I do, I'm like, I don't want to run from him. Mm -hmm. I have and I think it just comes from, the reason I say that, it just comes from knowing him from an extremely young age. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have those periods where I didn't know him. So Yeah, such like a purity of heart. Yeah, that's what I want. Even there, and just a childlikeness. Yeah. Like, God, Absolutely. I want to hear you and know you mm-hmm. and hear what you have to say. I want to follow you. And I see that as a life message of yours, Absolutely. for sure, is obedience obedience obeying the lord following him yeah obeying in, in its love right and yeah and that too like for me obedience is a, the arena that i demonstrate love to the mm-hmm. lord you know mm-hmm. i'm gonna trust that you know best is kind of like my heart attitude or at least desire that i want to have yeah. right yeah um so yeah that's my childhood um i met my husband uh at seven years old actually Oh my gosh, his, this is such a wild story, guys. <laughs> it like, is crazy. Grab your coffee, just he, listen. This is such a great story. I, I love he, it. He's a, uh, yeah, we're very different, like Ashley said. Um, his family immigrated from Honduras, Central America, to Minneapolis, Minnesota. His dad's an architect, and mm. um, there was a war in Honduras at the time, and there just wasn't work. And so um, his family came, and um, his dad and mom were... They were looking for work, and so why they did this, they got this tiny little apartment near our church, so it was an inner-city little apartment they lived in, and they didn't have a car when they first came, so they started walking mm-hmm. to our church. It was the nearest church to them, and they were new. his parents were newly saved, and so they wanted a church, so they started coming, and so I met him at seven in Sunday school. He actually has a memory. We've so told this story good. so many times, him and I, but he has a memory of holding my hand in Sunday school. I do not have the... I don't remember doing that, but I do remember meeting him and his family, and... 
Um, I was very close friends with his sister. Anyways, so later on, um, probably about 14, I think-ish, he did a lot of like crazy things. So he's an extreme guy. Yeah. So, so y'all were going to church together that whole time. Whole time. Like, yeah. really growing up around yeah. each other and okay. yeah and I and I don't remember being really like close friends with him or anything when we were really young mm-hmm. but I do remember him around and mm-hmm. um so it was about 14 that uh this Enneagram 8 side of him <laughs> really came out <laughs> um he is just really bold and when he mm-hmm. wants something he goes after it and so at that time he decided he want, wanted me and so he um gave me mm-hmm. one of the first things he did was give me a bracelet with my name engraved on it and my dad just freaked out, right? Oh you know, pastor's gosh. daughter was the oldest the daughter gifts. he had. And he's a gift giver, too. He like, is. Just the fact, and so yeah. he gave me this. He my dad's that. like, who did that? And what happened? And, you know, so I was barely, I could barely talk to him for the next couple of years. But oh he did get on gosh. his knees. Someone dared him to propose to me at that time. And just, like, he's, he was just intense. Like, he was a pursuer. Yeah. So he just at pursued. 14. Started at 14. what he wanted. Absolutely. Um, we weren't official till our later high school years, and we got married at 19. So we've been together a long time and 22 years of marriage actually in two weeks from this recording. So, um, we'll be celebrating that. So that's That's amazing. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, we have six kids and I actually, we have eight kids. Um, Mm -hmm. but I say six just to, yeah, not have to answer so many questions right Mm -hmm. away, but I love talking about the other two babies. I have two babies in heaven too. Um, but we have six we get to raise and, um, our oldest is a son. He's 20. Um, his name's Michael. Mm-hmm. And he is now pursuing a girl that we love. She's amazing. Yeah, she is so awesome. And it's his first girlfriend um, and a very serious one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's very high potential they'll get married. And mm-hmm. um, then we have Gabriel, who's 17 years old, and um, Elijah, who's 14. Um, and actually with Gabriel, he's... He's really, it's, it's kind of fun being in the different stages of parenting. Um, it can be emotional too, like for yeah, me right now. Absolutely. Cause um, you have a 20 year old yeah. and then your youngest is He's five, five, almost six yeah. months. Yeah. It's crazy. Baby. Yeah. yeah. So going through all of that and just the different emotions and parenting seasons and realizing, mm-hmm. thinking you're doing a good job and realizing that there's so many holes and yeah. just, yeah. Cause the next one from Zion is 10. He's, He's 10. 10. Yeah, there's a 10-year so gap. Yeah. yeah, so it goes 20, a 17-year-old son, 14-year-old son. Then we have a 12-year-old daughter, only girl. Um, hmm. And then... Bella. Yeah, Isabella. So and so wonderful. it's Michael, Gabriel, Elijah, Isabella. She's 12. Yeah. And then Justice is 10. And then we actually tried to have another baby. So we lost two babies in second trimester, mm-hmm. both boys, which is crazy. So, um, but if you're keeping track... And then we had Zion. We ended mm-hmm. up having him just this year. So we have five boys and a girl, and then two more boys in heaven, so technically seven. Yeah. So Antonio really Lots has boys. boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so um, that's a little bit of, like, who I am. Yeah. Um, but how my – I would say how my childhood has shaped me has really been an amazing journey of even watching some of the seeds that were deposited then come out mm-hmm. my life through ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio and I, when we were 19, we went to full-time ministry about, we went to Bible school for a little bit, had a baby in there. Yeah. And then, um, went into full-time ministry. We didn't have any idea what that was going to look and like. And with that, with going into full-time ministry, was it like call the Lord or like what got you into that? Did you just know this is our future? This is what we want to do together. So let's do it. Yeah. Or what was that process like? I, I like would say we were so young that we 
you know, at that phase of your life, you're kind of like just doing things, yeah, right? Yeah, let's just, it's an adventure. It, life's like, an adventure. We just yeah. know we want to do it together. Um, I wouldn't say it was any like audible voice of the yeah. Lord or anything like that. Um, his parents actually were working for the Billy Graham Evangelistic okay. Association at the time. Okay. Um, his mom uh, worked there for a number of years, and when his dad took a break from architecture for a bit and actually was working for them too for a while, and um, his brother worked for the Franklin Graham, okay. you know, okay. setting up. Uh, events for them so we, we had seen ministry on both sides of our family um but Antonio didn't want to do ministry for sure he <laughs> didn't at at the very beginning of our marriage and we were actually going to be airline pilots and so we, you were too yeah we both went to flight oh, flight training um and then wild yeah. yeah we did it for a bit and just did our first like license the, the single engine um license and then yeah I just had it in my heart. I'm like, I feel like we're supposed to do ministry. Mm-hmm. And I had, even at, at 12 years old, one of the events, I mean, there's so many things I could say, cause now I'm old, <laughs> middle-aged, how's that? Um, but in at 12 years old, I had a, my parents took us on mission trips a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was two years after that, actually, that they went into full-time mission. So they would oh, transition okay. from being pastors to missionaries. Okay. Um, but in that period of a couple years, it was a transitionary period. Um, they took us on some missions trips, mm-hmm. and one of them, I remember, we went to the Philippines. And while we were traveling as a family in the Philippines, we had gone um, doing some evangelism there. And I had a dream, a really graphic dream, of um, me standing and just preaching. Mm-hmm. And I was preaching, wow. and everyone in the crowd was all these different faces of different nationalities. And um, it really impacted me. I woke up. It was like, it was so real. Like I was there. I told my parents and they just spoke into my life and blessed the call of God in my life, you know, to be mm-hmm. in missions yeah. and in ministry of some sort and to call to the nations. And so when Antonio and I actually went into full-time ministry, I think, you know, it didn't take him real long. He was mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're supposed to do this. Yeah. But when you're 20 and 21, you don't know anything, right? So you kind of are just, it was a grace of God that we even did it Yeah. because... I kind of felt like it, but I was a very, I was very shy then. And, um, so I would say things and, and when Antonio really got in his heart, when he has something that yeah. he wants to do, we're doing it. Absolutely. And that's probably yeah. one of my favorite qualities of yeah. him. And so we went all in and yeah. his parents went all in when he was a kid too, you know, just by moving to a whole nother country and starting a whole yeah. nother life. And so yeah. he got to see that demonstrated. So did I. So it's always been easy for us. Yeah these moments that marked you along the way that made the yes easy. It might not have been, okay, yeah, we want to be in ministry, but this is God's call in our life. Mm -hmm. Let's say yes to it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And then being all in. So we're yes people when we decide. And so Mm -hmm. we've done that a lot of times Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. never makes sense to other people. You know, I shouldn't say never, but often you get people going, well, just you should do this and you should do this. And you know, the American dream and all the having your ducks in a row and all this stuff. And, we just, I mean, I think back on it now, and some of it was crazy, but we were traveling the world, moving every three to six months. Yeah. Um, with family, with kids, with kids right? yeah. And yeah. we would just cart them around. And I remember when we had just our first, the first time we went, um, we were in India, and we were there three months, and I just had him on a pack on my back, and mm-hmm. Tony and I would rotate mm-hmm. carrying him around, or one of us would stay back, and we would go into the villages and doing prayer lines. And India, right? You were in India. Yeah, this is you in, were in, yeah that was India, yeah. but we had we, we were in India probably the most, actually. Okay. We were in India quite a bit, um, doing crusades, like crusades-style crusades evangelism. We actually yeah. work for an organization called Impact World Tour, so it's a ministry of YWAM. Um, which we still are today. YWAM stands for Youth with a Mission. 
Um, but so we, we, we would go, and Antonio's job was actually campaign coordinating, mm-hmm. event coordinating. So he would go in and set up the events three to four months before the you know, outreach would come into town. So we would be in these particular cities or locations, and usually there's a multiple location, mm-hmm. you know, region kind of thing. So we'd do like two or three or four, one hub and one smaller ones and we'd be there like four months yeah sometimes six months the longest one I think was a year and a half we were in Florida for a year and a half wow um but New Zealand he did you know Auckland New Zealand and um he worked in South America quite a bit because he speaks Spanish so wow so just all over with Mm -hmm. children and so earlier you mentioned you were shy Mm -hmm. and so how how have you changed um because I don't see you as being shy and um you teach, you preach, right. you're, you know, you're really involved. And I think even just since I've gotten to know you more, you've become more yeah. in touch with who you are. And oh, totally. So, yeah, share about yeah, that well, journey I mean, a little bit. Being 40, going entering into my 40s, I think, is a huge part of it, right? Because you go mm-hmm. through life and you just start. I actually love myself way more now than I did when mm-hmm. I was 20. Because when in your 20s, you're figuring stuff out, I feel like. and Especially yeah, the first few so years. Real. You know, your insecurities are more, you know, heightened mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, but I would say for me, Antonio, because he's he's very an intense guy, and my father is actually a very intense guy, mm-hmm. I grew up with intensity around me. And so I think it made me kind of take this role of the peacemaker. And so that's where this the whole Enneagram oh, conversation yeah. you know, yeah. always pop up probably in our podcast. But um, that's when I realized just in the more recent like probably two years ago is when I first started looking at the Enneagram, but being a nine, like yeah. I've overcome a lot of the nine like weaknesses before I even knew about the Enneagram because obviously I just saw them in my yeah. life and I'm like, oh Life man. with the Lord and yeah, this God like, that. you know, being like this isn't okay and there's yeah. more in you and yeah. stuff. And But Antonio was probably the first person to really push me. Mm-hmm. Actually, I shouldn't say that my dad, he pushed me when I was a kid, but I really didn't do much with it. Like I sang and I did different things. But as I got older, um, I really had a lot of like teaching gifts in my life. And not so much because I was dynamic, but more I just loved information. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of things that I loved to learn. And yeah. so I would tell Antonio, he would start speaking, public speaking. I'd be like, oh, you should say this. And you should say this. And you should say that. Yeah. And he's like, you just need to say it. Yeah, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so he actually tricked me at one of our events because we set up our own events now. Oh, so we did that yeah. campaign style evangelism for 10 years. And now we actually train people. And we yeah. have a training center and a house of prayer. And that's maybe for another podcast what all that's about. But um, one of our first events, he, he from the stage, was like, Christelle's coming up. And she's going to talk with oh me. And I was like giving him the death eyes. Yeah, I was going to say, how did you feel in that moment? I was so like, mad at him. I was like, Put oh, on God. the spot. Like, yeah, but I was go. standing there. The crazy thing about it is I had a prophetic word, mm-hmm. um, that exact event, from a guy named Corey Russell, who's from uh, International House of Prayer, who's one of our speakers. And he looked at me, and he was laughing. And he's a crazy guy. And he looks at me, and he's like, by the end of the night, you're going to be you know, standing on the stage and speaking into that. Whoa. Um, Just called you out. Yeah, he called me out. And I forget the exact words he said, but essentially the fear of man's going to break off your life. Wow. And so I got up there, and the Lord began to touch our family in that in that particular um, conference that year. And our boys were, like, crying and weeping Whoa. and laughing and just crazy. Just encountering like, the Lord. Yeah. And so wow. I got up to share testimony that same weekend, and I just started preaching right at the camera. 
And I realized in that moment that the fear of man had just fallen off. I wow. felt zero fear. Wow. And I was looking at this camera and we were aired on God TV. So I knew that millions of people were watching oh goodness, and I was fully yeah. aware of that, you know, and, and I had to fight for that though. Cause you know, once yeah. God brings freedom to your life, like the enemy tries to come and revisit yes. you again. Especially right after that point of freedom. That's typically when yeah. he's like, Ooh, I'm going to come Absolutely. tackle you now. And yeah. Yeah. And so I realized that I was aware. I'm like, you know what? I feel so good. And mm-hmm. this feels so good. It feels right mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm like, I'm not going to give into fear anymore. And there's no so fearless good. people. People say that all the time, be fearless. There's yeah. actually no fearless people. They're just people with courage and people with courage are just doing it oh, afraid. Yeah. And so I, started doing things on purpose from that point on. It was like the Lord convicted me, really. And I Mm -hmm. remember actually at one point I heard a message by Francis Chan. And Mm -hmm. he said, if you're afraid, he goes, I began to realize when I was preaching, when I was afraid, it's because... I was I cared more about what people thought than what God thought. Yeah. And I remember hearing Dude. that about 10, 15 years ago, and that just convicted me to the core. Wow. And that there's stuff that I carry, there's stuff that, you know, you as the listeners mm-hmm. carry that we all carry that other people don't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my style might not look like, and this is where comparison mm-hmm. has to leave, yeah, right? Because my style may not look like all these people. And yeah. I, w- I grew up around public figures. Yeah. Right? So, so did you feel pressure in that? Like, were you... Well, battling with comparison like I've seen people do it really well absolutely and so now boom I'm on God TV and I'm a teacher but wait how do I do this well my dad is an amazing public speaker and you know I grew up around these people internationally that are public speakers not just even nationally so it's like I was around people that were excellent you were exposed yeah yeah and so you when you when you have that around it's extremely intimidating their big shoes to have to follow in yeah you know is that the phrase yeah yeah have to fill (laughs) yeah big shoes to fill yeah um so I yeah I just I had to just lay that down and when I heard that Francis Chan I don't remember what else he preached on I just remember and Tony was actually listening to the message and I was cleaning the house I think and I heard him say that and I was like I am so full of pride and he actually said he goes it's pride to be afraid of what men think more than what God thinks wow and I was like, I actually got on my knees on the spot. i getting emotional even thinking about it yeah. because I was in my house and I got on my knees and I was like, Lord, please forgive me. I'm like, I am. I will do whatever you ask me to do, even if it's being on a stage. Yeah. And a lot of people aspire to want to be on a stage. And I have to say now, I love it. But I realized that humility is not, you know, false humility, which is like standing in the back or just hunkering down and pretending yeah. like, you know, yeah. you you don't want to do something that you actually want to do. Because God puts in our hearts things that, yeah. you know, we want to do. And so... I just didn't want to be in the front. I didn't want to mm-hmm. be, and that goes back, mm-hmm. I think, to other things, you know, yeah. just from being a PK and an MK and stuff and yeah. just seeing some of the hurts in the yeah. church. and behind the scenes stuff, yeah. Yeah, so, wow. um, yeah, anyway, um, God really broke that for my life, and I had to fight for that. So I had about five years of really fighting for breaking the fear of man of my life wow. and caring wow. more, and a prayer that I was always praying was, God, give me the fear of the Lord I want. Yeah. to care that your eyes are on me. Like, I want to be aware that That's you're watching huge. me. And so when I realized that that was a way that I was practicing false humility, a way that I was d- disobeying the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff he's asking me to do. Um, anyway, yeah. so I think when that fell off my life, just that kind of shyness, which mm-hmm. I don't think shyness is a good thing. Mm-mm. You know, I try not to even say that anymore. Yeah. Like, over my I kids I was going to say anything. that. Don't, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's people who are more introverted Shy. and extroverted, yeah. but... Yeah. Um, I really let that fall off my life. And so I can be fully me and I'm not yes. as maybe demonstrative or outgoing as yeah. like probably my husband who's 
a loud, feisty Latina, yeah. Latino, not yeah. Latina, um, but lat- raised by a Latina, yeah. his mom, yeah. who's also very much like Fiery that. And, and, yeah. yeah, I just had to be comfortable in my skin, yeah. I guess, and in the yeah. gifts God gives you and the call of God on your life, yeah. and I don't want to get at the end of my life and go, man, I missed it. Mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. hid behind other people's gifts. Yeah, It's like, no, I want to do what God's asked me to do, but also make make way for other people. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so the answer. And I think too with that, like just with what you just said about getting to the end of your life, that's something that Christelle really carries too is a message of just living from an eternal Absolutely. mindset. And I remember you going into your 40th year, I saw a lot of, yeah, just intention in you and a lot of growth in you and becoming more aware of who you are and who you're Mm -hmm. called to be. And I remember at your 40th birthday, you gave, you know, just this little birthday speech. Mm -hmm. It was really powerful. And you were talking about eternity and -hmm. just living from an eternal perspective and living for something beyond just now. And obedience then becomes a part of Mm -hmm. that life when it's like I'm living for something way greater than just the moment so I would say that's a big life message of yours too is living from that eternal mindset not giving up totally yeah Yeah. well eternal perspective to me is you know laced throughout the entire bible Mm -hmm. like you know Paul just talking about this one thing I do you know Mm -hmm. I just fix my eyes on the prize of the high call you know he's fixing his eyes and you hear that kind of phrase that one thing phrase of just like fixing your eyes on Jesus and running and you can fall, you can trip up, you can sin, you can Mm -hmm. miss it. You Mm -hmm. can totally blow Mm -hmm. your life, Mm -hmm. you know, in what you think you blew your life. And God is so amazing. He's the God of redemption that he just loves to restore. Like he is, he specializes in restoration. So So never, I mean, just even seeing God as that Mm -hmm. has been transforming for me because Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a nine, but I'm a nine wing one. Okay, so here's Enneagram again. Yeah. I think. And that one side of me is the perfection side of like, I think I put the put that on myself. Like hmm. I want to, you know, do my spiritual walk a certain way. I have expectations I place on myself. Oh, okay. And you can when you don't fulfill them, you can kinda wanna draw back. Yeah. You know, you wanna yeah. quit. And I yeah. think this is something I learned from my husband. He doesn't draw back. What's amazing about him is when he blows it or when there's Mm -hmm. something that he feels like he falls short in, he repents, gets it right with the Lord, Mm -hmm. works on getting it right right with people, but he understands that he has right standing with God in that moment. And um, that's a revelation that I've had for me that has changed my life. It's like, it can be something as small as I just yelled at my kids and it makes you want to pull back from parenting, right? Yeah, and withdraw. Yeah, and it it plays out in small ways. It's not just in your big life call. And I realized that that has played out my life in small ways. And so you, I would retreat a little bit Mm -hmm. because I wasn't meeting my expectations. And it's like, man, I... I've realized that I want to live my life, stand before the Lord, and his editing process is unreal, right? He deletes the yeah, stuff we repent that's of. That's such a good word, yeah. So it's like you're going to stand before him and all the stuff we're hung up over. Yes. He does, he's like, I don't remember that, right? He's yeah. like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so that is superpower, like, like that's a superpower for me. Like it's just like a wow. empowerment to do what it is that... I originally set my heart to do, which is to yeah. love God well yeah. and to run after him. And you're never disqualified. You're never not good enough. It's like 
Yeah, and that's a life. That's why I love eternal perspective because eternal perspective is just we're going to be ruling and reigning with the Lord for millions of years, billions yes. and billions and billions. And this life's an internship. And, mm-hmm. you know, how we live it now is is going to reflect throughout eternity. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's a, ma- it's a massive passion. Yeah. But yeah. I also think it's the only I way to think yeah. because it motivates if you can think that way. It helps you live now. Yeah. And, you know? Helps you make decisions even, yeah. you know. And I see the nine wing one, the one being very, you know, black and white and, mm-hmm. like, right from wrong, but not even that. Just making decisions out of, like, is this going to bring death or is this going to bring life? And so making decisions that are going to bring yeah. life and obeying the Lord and following mm-hmm. Him is going to produce yeah. fruit in your life. And totally. and your children will reap the benefit of that too. Totally. Um, you were talking on fear of man and, and just, yeah, I just really felt like the presence of God on that. And I wonder if you could even pray now over women or even men. For I don't sure. know if y'all are listening too, but just taking a moment because I see that as a big struggle mm-hmm. and a big hang up and a big form of um, like punishing ourselves and, yeah. and and just being like, I'm stuck. I see in my own life how I've been stuck in that in different periods mm-hmm. and I've seen it in a lot of other people as well. So yeah, for sure. Do you mind just, yeah, praying. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, God, we just come before you right now and just anyone that's listening that struggles with... Um, being afraid of what people think or the perception that people have of them. God, I just pray right now that you would just come in and first of all bring right alignment, that you would make all of us aware that it's your eyes that are on us. And just that holy awe of who you are, God, that we would have a total revelation of that and that we can rejoice in that, that knowing that you see the good things about us, that you see um, even the intentions of our heart that you know, we of the things that we want to do, that we want to do well, that we don't even get to, God, that you just mm-hmm. love us so much. And God, I just pray right now that you would break off every um, person that's struggling, that fear of man thing that is just hangs over us, that you would break off the fear of man over us right now, Lord, that every person listening, that they would be totally free of that. And God, that you would empower them with um, supernatural might, that you would bring courage um, that you would bring just the ability to um, mm-hmm. step forward in the face of fear, to do it afraid, to do it anyway, to be strong and courageous in Jesus' name. Yeah, amen. Wow, so good. So amazing to just hear about your life and your story. And I think the story has such a power of just encouraging people to be themselves Yeah. and to be who God called them to be. Totally. Um, and is there anything else you want to share or just, yeah, I don't, I, there's just so many, so many things that you could say, but you know, I, I just want to say too, even for what we're doing with she's capable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's, it's important for you even as a listener and, and, and it's valuable to us that you are honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to try to be as honest and authentic and real and vulnerable as we can. Um, just letting you in on our journey and maybe things as things come up, you know, letting you in on some of those things, all for the purpose of helping you and all for the yes. purpose of you getting to hear what God's done in our life. Because what a testimony is, it's not just your life testimony, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of things I could say, you know, some stuff that we went through in our marriage and things that we've gone through with our kids and mm-hmm. seasons that we've gone through in my life that you could get to know me more and those may come up, you know, later, but mm-hmm. really I think what I want you 
to really take a hold of, even in this particular podcast, is just being willing to be honest with where you're at, letting the Lord into that, you know, letting yeah, him mold so you good. and shape you, be with him on the journey, let the process be something that is just as exciting as the destination, mm-hmm. and realizing that I, I actually had a revelation about two years ago. Just as, it's, it's silly, but it, it, I think about it often. Like, I probably think about it. I used to be daily, but at least weekly now. God, I, when we were driving, my husband and I were driving, and both of us are terrible with directions. Mm-hmm. And so we had a GPS in our car, and it was the kind that, you know, sits on your on your windshield. So it wasn't our phone. And, and, that, and our GPS that we had in our car, it would often say when you miss a turn or whatever, it would say recalculating, recalculating. And so mm-hmm. that thing was so annoying because we were missing all the turns and we were lost. And it was saying recalculating like over and over and over. It was driving me crazy. And then I just heard the Lord speak to me like in that moment. He was like, this is what I'm like. He's like, you'll mm-hmm. get to your destination and I recalculate all your missed turns. I recalculate them even if you choose them or if something wow. happens in your life or so something good. trips you up or you get hurt or no matter what your childhood was like. Maybe you didn't have the awesome childhood I had. I had an awesome childhood. But, you know, there's other things. The enemy comes in our lives to try to sidetrack us from that ultimate destination that we really started out with, right? Even mm-hmm. as a kid or the first time you gave your life to the Lord, even if it's when you're an adult, whenever that is... He wants to sidetrack you from that in different ways. And we have a choice. Like, we have the choice to choose joy, but not only choose joy, to choose God again. Mm -hmm. You know, like, choose, okay, I may be super sidetracked. I may have gone the opposite direction for a long time. And, yeah, it might be hard to get back now. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I'm on a dirt road or, you know, who knows. But Mm -hmm. God is like the GPS, right? He's Mm -hmm. amazing. He'll get you to that destination, and he'll help heal up all your stuff. And so, yeah, I just want to say that to encourage you to just keep in mind that through my life, through Ash's life, through Shelby's life, and, you know, as you're going through things, we just want to always be reaching and mm-hmm. never fully getting there just yet, but God is going to make sure we get there as long as our heart is always saying yes to him and reaching for him. And so, yeah, yeah that's so powerful. I think reconciliation to you, like just being reconciled to him is to be drawn close mm-hmm. and that is our passion totally. for y'all listening is even today as you listen to Christelle's testimony that you wouldn't be discouraged or move into comparison comparing mm-hmm. your life to hers but really to be drawn close to the Lord and yeah. and yeah I just encourage you just to take a moment and and ask him like God come into my life I just mm-hmm. welcome you into my life like come take a seat yeah <laughs> my heart come take residence and um and just to really grow in intimacy with the Lord today and closeness with the Lord yeah. so thanks so much for listening we really appreciate it um follow us on social media if you aren't already Instagram and Facebook you can find us at she's capable also we would love for you just to rate and review this podcast we really value what you are, your opinions, your thoughts, your questions. You can DM us your questions, even things that you heard Christelle say that you really want to hear more about, that you would love to have her do another podcast on or expand on. And so we just, we really value you. Thank you so much for following along and um, definitely come back and catch more of our podcasts again. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in to the She's Capable podcast. Please review us, and if you like what you hear, subscribe. We also want to let you know that we have a free ebook out called 
becoming the best version of you. To download this free ebook, follow the link in the episode notes below. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next time.